You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Brewers on Tap. Episode number 57 of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle, and it's great to have you with us from San Diego, where the Brewers will be wrapping up this three-game series and then getting ready to continue the road trip in Arizona against the Diamondbacks later this week. Boy, there is a lot to get to on the podcast this week because, of course, Monday brought the non-waiver trade deadline for Major League Baseball, and the Brewers were active and made a couple of big deals. The biggest one being moving catcher Jonathan Lucroy and closer Jeremy Jeffress. The deal was made with the Texas Rangers in the final moments before the deadline hit, and it was a big deal for all parties involved. Of course, Jonathan Lucroy, a guy that, uh, great clubhouse guy, and a big part of this franchise for so many years, a homegrown guy uh, as well. And uh, Jeremy Jeffress, with his own unique story and his own Uh, affection for Milwaukee and the Brewers fans also. So tough to see those guys go, but uh, the Brewers able to get a pretty good return back in uh, the second and third ranked prospects from the very, very deep and very, very rich Texas Rangers uh, farm system. Uh, The second uh, overall prospect is Lewis Brinson, an outfielder uh, who's been in double-A Frisco but uh, is going to begin his career as a brewer in AAA Colorado Springs. And in fact, uh, on Tuesday night, Lewis Brinson did begin his career and went 4 for 4 with a double and an RBI. So, so far, so good on the Lewis Brinson front. He's a very toolsy guy, good speed, can play center field, but can also play the corner spots. Going to hit for some power as well. Very good arm, uh, just an overall five-tool type of player. And so... Those guys don't come around very often, and the Brewers feel like he can be a big part of this rebuilding project. Also, uh, in that deal, right-handed pitcher Luis Ortiz, who's the number three prospect in the Rangers system, a 6'3", 240-pound, 20-year-old guy, also double-A Frisco. He's going to be in double-A Biloxi. Ortiz has big fastball, mid-90s fastball, really good slider, a chance to be an above-average slider, and and a changeup that's still getting better as well, and uh, a guy that has a chance to be, at the very least, a middle-of-the-rotation guy, maybe a top part of the rotation guy for the Brewers in the future. The other deal that the Brewers made right before the trade deadline was left-handed pitcher Will Smith sent to the San Francisco Giants for the Giants' number one prospect in Phil Bickford, a right-hander who played some of his college ball at Cal State Fuller, and he's twice been a number one draft pick. He didn't sign out of high school. And then they also get catcher Andrew Susak. Uh, Andrew Susak has spent some time with the Giants. He spent a lot of time in AAA as well, former Oregon State Beaver and a 2011 draft pick. Susak uh, really solidifies some of the depth in the system from a catch catching standpoint. Uh, Bickford, as we told you, the number one prospect for the Giants, big right-hander, uh, mid-90s fastball, and he is going to be in Class A uh, Brevard County. So uh, Susack will be in Colorado Springs. This is uh, a very, very 
uh, intriguing group of guys that the Brewers were able to bring into their system. And you look at the Brewers' top 30 prospects according to MLB Pipeline, uh, they have plugged most of these guys into there. Obviously, Susak uh, not in there, but the other guys, Brinson immediately became the Brewers' number two prospect behind Orlando Arcia, Ortiz in the top 10, and also Phil Bickford in the top 10 as well. The other news beyond the trade deadline was that after the trade deadline came and went and the Brewers played their game on Monday night, the Brewers announced that top prospect Orlando Arcia would be recalled from Colorado Springs and make his debut at shortstop on Tuesday night, and that he did. He went 0-4 in his debut, made some nice plays in the field, though, and as a result of his promotion, Jonathan VR slides over to third base. So, uh, you know, we'll watch that over the course of the rest of the season. But uh, the future is now with Orlando Arcia as the shortstop for the Brewers for the time being and for the immediate future. Okay, let's take a look at this week in review and the very good week for the Brewers. The homestand, of course, as we told you, it was very good. It was a 7-3 and homestand for the Brewers that spanned last week and this week. And since we last talked on the podcast, the Brewers went 5-2. and They lost on Wednesday night to the Diamondbacks 8-1. to Jimmy Nelson took that loss. But then on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four straight wins, a four-game winning streak for the crew. Uh, they win that final game and take three out of four from the Diamondbacks with a 6-4 win. Zach Davies improved to 8-4 and four on Thursday afternoon. Aaron Perez and Kirk Neuenheis both homered in the winning cause for the crew. Then on Friday, they opened up that series with the Pirates, a 3-1 win. Junior Guerra worked into the ninth inning in that one. Chris Carter homered, and the uh, series with the Pirates got off to a good start, and it continued that way. On Saturday, a 5-3 victory. Chase Anderson uh, was on the mound for the crew in that one. Aaron Perez and Kirk Neuenheis both with home runs in that contest. And then Sunday, going for the sweep, it was a 4-2 win for the for the crew over the Pirates. Matt Garza uh, was on the mound in that one. Keon Broxton and Chris Carter both homered. Monday, kind of a sloppy game. First game of this road trip, a 7-3 loss. Brewers didn't play their best baseball that night. But uh, come back on Tuesday night, bounce back with a 3-2 win. Zach Davies, 5 and 2 thirds innings, and uh, picked up the win. He's now 9-4 and four on the season, and he's having one of the best seasons of any of the rookies in the National League right now. Ryan Braun also homered in the winning effort for the crew as well. So the crew uh, currently sits at 48-57 and 57 overall. Now it's time to catch up with the general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, David Stearns. <laughs> Let's break it down. Joined by the general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, David Stearns. A busy, uh, not just a busy day for you yesterday, David. It's been just a, a crazy couple of months between the draft and then, of course, the trade deadline. Uh, you and the front office have been really grinding away at uh, trying to continue to acquire good, young, controllable talent. And you had to feel like you came away with that again yesterday. We did, and, and what we were able to accomplish yesterday and the transactions we made really is the product of a tremendous amount of work that, that starts back in spring training when our scouts are out starting to cover other teams and extends throughout the entire season uh, and then builds up and accelerates through the month of July as we talk with other teams. So very proud of the work our, our entire group has done over that time frame to prepare us and, and get us to a, pl- a point where we were able to execute some good trades. You make two deals yesterday. The first one that, that came down was the move of Will Smith to the Giants and able to get Phil Bickford back, who is the Giants' number one prospect by a lot of people's standards, and then also able to get Andrew Susack, a nice young catcher that has some big league experience. 
the the relief pitching market was a really really good one if you were if you had some good pieces to move. No question. That that happens a lot this time of year, um, where contenders look at their bullpens and and feel that they're one or two pieces away back there from having a, a dominant shutdown pen. And as we've seen in October the last few years, dominant uh, pens generally lead to, to some success. So, uh, you know, we had a couple of those guys who, who have been really good and have established themselves as quality late-inning relievers, and um, they've been really good for us, and I, I certainly expect they're going to be good for their new teams. And being able to, to, to move Will was not a, an easy decision at all. Uh, but to, to get two players like Phil Bickford and, and Andrew Susak, both guys we think can be quality big leaguers, something we felt compelled to do. What is your plan with Susak? He's going to start in Colorado Springs. Do you want to try to get him a look before the season's over, though, as well? We'll let it play out. I, I would imagine we'll see him uh, in a Brewers uniform at some point this year. When exactly that occurs, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but for now, we'll, we'll get him acclimated to the organization in Colorado Springs. Um, learn a little bit about him, allow him to learn a little bit about us, and then we'll take it from there. You also move Jonathan Lucroy and Jeremy Jeffress to the Rangers in a deal that brings back two of the top three prospects from the Rangers, a right-handed pitcher in Luis Ortiz, and then the number two prospect in an outfielder, Lewis Brinson, uh, who has uh, just uh, an incredible amount of tools. Uh, what did you like about those two guys specifically as you guys were going through what your ask was going to be in return? Well, they're such physically talented individuals. Both of them uh, are, are high upside, um, potential elite level players. A, a guy like Lewis just doesn't come around all that often um, where you have the, the chance to get a, a real five-tool player. Um, those, uh, th- those don't exist that much. We talk a lot about them and our desire to acquire them. And so uh, to have a chance at getting Lewis was certainly a, a unique opportunity for us. And um, in Luis Ortiz, we have a, a, a 20-year-old pitcher who's already pitching well in Double A. Uh, someone who has really flown through the Ranger system, pretty polished for a 20-year-old kid, and that he, he can throw four pitches, can command all four, throw strikes, um, and can get up to 96, 97 when he wants to. So, uh, we think we, we we were able to acquire two players with uh, high upside potential. Obviously, they're still prospects; they're still in the minor leagues, and they have some work that they need to do to, to get here. But certainly pleased that we're able to bring those two players into our organization. Once you acquire them, then the next thing is to decide, okay, where are we going to send them to? How are we going to start their development process uh, in the Brewers organization? And and what all goes into that part of it? It's actually part of the conversation even before uh, we acquire them. We begin talking about where they would fit into our organization. Uh, We talk with our farm director, Tom Flanagan, uh, make sure he gets acclimated with the players, learns about the players, and then ultimately he makes the decision where where they're placed and Lewis is going to go to AAA Colorado Springs. Luis Ortiz will continue his season in AA. Um, to, uh, to good levels for those two players, this will be Lewis's uh, first exposure to AAA, but we think he can handle it. And of course, after the game last night, the big news, uh, the news that you have decided to bring up Orlando Arcia for his debut here tonight, and probably one of the reasons why you're here tonight, to, to see the crew and to see Orlando make his debut. This is an exciting day for the Brewers organization. It is. Orlando's a, a, a unique talent, I think. Anyone who's seen him play um, knows that, uh, respects that. Um, our hope and expectation is that he's going to be a, a part of our team for a long time going forward. And so to be able to see uh, the start of that tonight is fun. David, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. My pleasure. And our thanks to David Stearns for giving us some time on Tuesday night to chat about all the newsworthy things that have been going on in the Brewers organization. Okay, let's take a look at what's going on on the minor league side of things. Checking in on the farm. 
We begin in AAA where the Colorado Springs Sky Sox have a couple of new members of their team and uh, also have a 53-54-1 record. And that new member of the team, Lewis Brenson, who came over in the Lucroy and Jeffress trade and uh, didn't take long for him to make his presence felt after a long travel day. He goes 4 for 4 a double and an RBI in a win on Tuesday night, his debut as a member of the Brewers organization in his first game at the AAA level. Here's some other interesting notes about the Sky Sox. 26-year-old Brent Suter really pitching well right now. Over his last 38 and two-thirds innings pitched, just five earned runs. And remember, he's pitching in a very offensive league, in a very offensive ballpark. Those are impressive numbers from Brent Suter, and he's somebody to keep an eye on. Michael Reed, uh, who has had kind of an up-and-down year. He got off to a really good start. Then he had a tough month of May, uh, and, and that lasted into June. Boy, he has rebounded, and he's hitting three forty-three over his last 10 games and starting to pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, one of the top prospects in the Brewers organization. He's a top 30 guy and somebody that has a chance to probably be a September call-up, obviously, for the crew like he was last year. So may see him get some at-bats uh, before the season's all said and done at the major league level. At A Biloxi, that's where Luis Ortiz is going to go. Uh, he is, of course, the other part of that Lucroy and Jeffress trade. And I should mention on that Lucroy and Jeffress trade, there's also a player to be named uh, that will come out after the season is over. So it's really a three player swap uh, in terms of the return. Uh, it's a two, four, three, essentially, for the crew. Uh, here's some notes, though, on Biloxi. Well, Luis Ortiz is there, but also Dustin DeMuth um, really has done some good things since his promotion from Class A Advanced Brevard County. In six games, he's gone nine for 24 with a triple uh, for the Shuckers. And Taylor Youngman, who, of course, started the year on the big league roster and in the rotation for the Brewers. He is trying to work himself back, and he's having himself some success right now in Biloxi. Uh, over his last 14 and a third innings, eight hits, and just one earned run. And here's a big difference for Taylor Youngman. When he got sent down to AAA, his strikeout-to-walk ratio was 24 to 35. It was a negative ratio. Not good. Uh, you're just not going to be very effective as a pitcher if that's what your ratio is. He has flipped that around at the double-A level, and it's a 41-17 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. So his command has improved. Regardless of the level that he's at, his command has improved. And that shows you that Taylor Youngman making some good strides right now for Biloxi, and that's an encouraging thing. The um, Shuckers are uh, 13 and actually 14-23 uh, and 23 now in the second half. They were 39-30 and 30 in the first half, so they're an even 53-53 and 53 on the year. Class A Brevard County in the Florida State League. Uh, this is a, a squad that uh, was off on Tuesday, and uh, right now they're at 12 and 25 in the second half. They went 23 and 45 in the first half, and you know, they haven't enjoyed a ton of wins. But boy, do they have an interesting pitching staff now. A lot of these guys just making their way to Brevard County. Freddie Peralta has been promoted to there. Marcos Diplon has been promoted to there. Of course, Cody Ponce has been working his way back from injury, and he's been pitching uh, well at times. Cody Medeiros, 2014 first-round draft pick, is there. And uh, Phil Bickford, who was just acquired in the Will Smith trade, is also 
uh, reporting to Brevard County. But one guy that gets talked about maybe a little bit less that I had a chance to catch up with back in May is right-hander John Perrin. Uh, Perrin was uh, very good earlier this week. He hurled his first career complete game, and it was the first nine-inning complete game by a member of the Brewers system this year. He is originally from Olathe, Kansas, and I was able to catch up with him and talk to him right after he was promoted from Class A Wisconsin back in May. It's been good. Biggest thing is definitely the weather, going from snow flurries and low 40s most days in Wisconsin to 85 with 80% humidity has definitely been the biggest adjustment, but... I'm extremely happy to be here. Good adjustment, easier to pitch in that weather? I think the cold weather definitely helps you as a pitcher. Nobody really wants to swing the bat. Getting inside on guys definitely helped. Um, but I love heat. I would take 180% humidity over anything close to the snow any day of the week for me. You had a great start uh, in Wisconsin, and now you've been moved up. What, you know, what, what was the key to your start in Class A? Just throwing a lot of strikes, not really doing anything out of the ordinary. I'm a pretty standard 88 to 92 with a breaking ball and changeup starting pitcher. Not really reinventing the wheel, just going after guys, doing a much better job this year of getting inside on guys. Gary Lucas, the pitching coach up there, when I first got there last year and then to start the season off this year, the big focus for me was throwing inside, especially to left-handed hitters, because my fastball naturally wants to run out back out over the plate a little bit to lefties. So doing a really good job of getting in up under the guys' hands to set up my off-speed pitches late in the count. What, what's been the biggest thing you've noticed since making the transition here? Through one start, I would say the biggest thing is guys don't chase as many pitches outside the zone. Uh, balls up out over the plate get hit a little bit harder. So, and I think that's just kind of baseball as you move up in the levels. The type of hitter gets a little bit more disciplined. The mistakes get covered a little bit better. But uh, it's still baseball, and the plan hasn't changed. How do you, you know, when you, when you start noticing those things are happening, you're like, okay, this is a little bit different than, than what I was dealing with in Appleton. You know, how do you keep yourself composed and not worrying about that as much and still just doing what you do? Having a good plan going in is probably the biggest thing. Just knowing who I am as a pitcher and what makes me successful and having a good start up in Appleton, you can go back on those successes and even going back to my college days, the successes I had there and understanding what I did well and what I did to be successful. Just going back and having that mental playbook and being able to go and remember what that felt like and be able to repeat those types of pitches, making good quality pitches down in the zone over and over again. And no matter who's hitting, if you make good quality pitches down in the zone, you're, you have a pretty good chance of getting a guy out. What, what are your goals for yourself for the rest of this year? What, what do you want to see from, from you? The biggest thing that we've talked about, I talked to our team psychologist, Matt Krug, and the biggest thing is baseball is a really hard game to be consistently successful with over the course of the season. So for me, my goal is to just continue to do what I'm doing, continue to execute at a high level, throwing a lot of strikes and just try and maintain my success and continue to work on the things I've been working on for me, uh, which is forcing fastballs in under the hands and continu continuing to develop a solid changeup as my third pitch. When you got moved up, you know, how were you informed? Was it, were, were you expecting it? Was it kind of a surprise? You know, the, is that 
Is that challenging at times when you're working your way up through a system where you don't necessarily know this week or the next, <laughs> you know, what's going to happen? It's tough because especially in this organization, we have so much young talent, especially in the pitching side of things. So it's kind of jam-packed. It's tough to move. Uh, our pitching coordinator, Rick Tomlin, was just with the team the last few days, and he was saying, you know, we have a lot of good pitching, and if you're pitching well, you will move if there's room for you. So I, obviously I had been pitching well and was hoping to get moved as soon as possible, but it just so happened that uh, Woodruff ended up having a spot open in double A, and he's going there today. And there was just enough room for me, and I was the guy fortunate enough up there out of a lot of the guys that have been throwing well to get the call. You know, uh, yeah, you talked about Woodruff. and So do you guys watch what the guys are doing at the other levels, too, to see if there's going to be movement? You, you watch a Josh Hader and go, okay, well, if oh. he gets a call, then that could open a spot there. Yeah, you root for everybody, especially yeah. for me, getting my first spring training experience and getting to kind of be with everybody. You root for everybody. We're all friends. We're competitive, obviously. It's, it's, it's kind of a cutthroat game, and we understand that we're competing against each other for jobs. But at the same time, you want to see the guys do well and to see to get to come up here and watch Woodruff, who's been dominant all season, come up here and watch him twice and just be 95 to 97 with filthy stuff. It's, it's fun to watch a guy that you have worked with in, for a month and a half in spring training and just to see a guy put it together like that and have success. It's a lot of fun to watch. And you build off that. You see guys do that and you say, okay, he's doing that. Like You talk to each other and you say, okay, what, what can I do that this guy is doing to get better? Class A Wisconsin went 34 and 36 in the first half, and uh, they're 19 and 19 now in the second half. Isan Diaz is the story. Uh, he's got a chance to maybe be the minor league player of the year for the Brewers this year if he continues hitting 271, 16 home runs now on the year, and 65 driven in. And Lucas Ursic, who was not in Helena very long before he was promoted to Appleton, Ursic's hitting 354 uh, on the season. He's just been uh, dynamite. Uh, so far this year at both levels that he has been at. And in rookie ball, the Helena Brewers went 15-23 and 23 in the first half. They're in the midst of their all-star break currently. Ronnie Gideon, one of the stories there, he was uh, the Pioneer League Player of the Week, uh, named earlier this week. He's on a 12-game on base streak and has hit safely in seven straight. Got a lot of power, four homers in his last dozen games. He's a big guy playing over at first base and um, has a chance to be a, a good guy to rise up through the system if he can continue to find contact because if he finds contact, the ball's going to go a long ways off the bat of Ronnie Gideon. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Well, here's what's coming up for the Brewers uh, in the next uh, week or so. Of course, this road trip continues. Uh, Wednesday afternoon game against the Padres, and then the crew will fly to Arizona off day Thursday, and then a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And uh, then returning home, Miller Park will welcome the crew back, and it'll be a four-game series with the Atlanta Braves upon the return, and that goes uh, August 8th. Uh, through the 11th with that series, and then the 12th, 13th, and 14th, the Cincinnati Reds come to town. So uh, a nice home series coming up before an off day uh, that following Monday for the crew. So should be exciting. Hopefully we will see you out at Miller Park uh, for those homestands. Monday the 8th, just a reminder, the beginning of that homestand, that's a Miller High Life Monday, so a 6:20 start for the crew and the Braves on Monday, August 8th. And then starting on uh, Tuesday the 9th, Wednesday the 10th, 
and Thursday the 11th against the Braves. Those are all Fair Day's double play days, so you can get in on that ticket package, a Brewer's ticket and State Fair admission for only $15. That's a pretty good deal, and you can apply that towards any one of those three games against the Braves. And, of course, we'll give you more details on the upcoming homestand as well next week on the podcast in the middle of that homestand. That's going to do it for us for this week. It's been a great week. Uh, a lot going on uh, from the Brewer standpoint with all of the trades and Orlando Arcia making his debut. Uh, certainly glad that you chose to listen to Brewers on Tap once again this week for episode number 57. We'll talk to you next week for episode number 58. Until that time, I'm Lane Grindle. Have a good one, everybody. Brewers.